Coming to you from cities all over the world, produced in Aotearoa, New Zealand, this is the Places for Good podcast. We bring you the designers, planners, and placemakers who shape the shared spaces for tomorrow, from stories of the past to visions for the future. We talk pride of place wherever you are. I'm your host, Boopsie Moran. Welcome to the Real Play City Challenge series. We dedicate episode four to places where play supports climate action. Cities worldwide are adjusting their public spaces to beat heat stress, prevent flooding, improve biodiversity, or harvest rainwater for dry seasons. These investments create a great opportunity for both education and create places for play. Our guest here to share her work promoting play that benefits people and the planet is Manoush Festers. She is partner and urbanist at Stepo Team for Urban Development. Her work focuses on creating better places by, among others, developing inclusion, strengthening the social fabric, organizing the commons, working towards the energy transition and climate adaption. Please welcome Manoush. Hi, Boopsie. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I would love to start by learning more about this year's theme, Play That Supports Climate Action. Why was it important to make the connection to places for play and the climate? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Like, when we were thinking about this year's challenge, um, it was really about what should be the focus now this year. And, uh, and there's so many big subjects at the moment. And uh, climate action, of course, is one of them. And, um, and we figured, and we see that a lot also in our work, that um, placemakers are greatly positioned to, to really help in climate action. Um, when they see a boring green field, they have like a zillion of options that you can do to create play, uh, but also to be more effective in climate action. And, uh, and what we see now is that lots of government officials are taking measures and there's lots of money going in. Um, well, the only solution is to create climate adaptive spaces, but they, they, they forget that while you do that, you can also make it really fun and, and make it a beautiful space that people come together, that people can play. And um, so that connection is, um, is not often made. Um, and we need more examples to really show everyone how easy it actually is to do that. Yeah, so it's and, kind of like overlapping topics. So you just notice through your practice. Absolutely. Yeah, you, see, you often see like also in the in, in, that environmental uh, activists are not necessarily placemakers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at the same time, I guess a lot of placemakers um, have an eye for the environment and have an eye for the climate, uh, but sometimes lack perhaps the expertise or the great inspirations that will help them to even be more impactful. So I really hope that this year's challenge can help with that. Yeah, and we were thinking about how while things are small, they actually end up working for climate and being playful. So, so do you have examples of where you're coming from that this is happening? Yeah, of course. I mean, like Stipo and I, we're, we're based in the Netherlands, of course. So we've got loads and loads of water. Um, and, um, and the things that we learn is that we need to collect our water. So when there is heavy rainfall, it has no place to go. So in a lot of our cities, we're creating wadis. So like water puddles or water parks where the water can just sit uh, with rain, heavy rainfall. But of course, I mean, kids don't, you know, they, they like nothing better than to play in water. So if you can just 
um, combine that with a water playground, you have a great public space in your neighborhoods while you're also harvesting water. So these are very simple examples. And it's the same if we ask girls and, and kids in the, uh, in the streets or in the parks when there's boring green areas, like what would you like? Yeah, we love to have flowers and flowers that we can actually pick. And mm -hmm. we want to do things for the butterflies. Um, so creating butterfly gardens um, and, and, and things like that really helps for the biodiversity mm -hmm. um, and it helps also to, to create a nicer green so people go outside. And um, so for the butterfly gardens, are governments really investing in those type of ideas like the water puddle and the butterfly garden or the municipalities? Yeah, well, um, yeah not as much as we would like <laughs> and um and and we see that a lot of people take their own initiatives so wow. they apply for small funds or um they take action in their own public gardens um or in the playgrounds in the schools um so wherever they can they take their action and i think often the people are a lot more advanced and active in this than municipalities are um, and this is also where placemakers come in because they combine that and they, they make it into, you know, uh, social activities and, and make sure that they're recurrent. And like one of the main um, uh, programs that we have in the Netherlands that is super exciting is called Tegelwippen. And we even have a national competition on that. Oh, and really? It's, <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's a, a tile swapping. So you take the tile in your street out and instead of it, you put, um, or in your garden, of course, uh -huh. and instead of it, you put um, flowers or plants and, and they do competitions like yes, last year, there was a very strong competition between Amsterdam and Rotterdam. <laughs> and um, so it's often between cities and every tile that you take out, you have to put it on a website. So it's registered and you can also see uh, who's in the top 10 and, um, and a lot of it, it you know, it, it gathers momentum. So mm -hmm. for instance, in my city, I'm also active in this. And we have um, asked the, the, the municipality to support us in this, but it's actually a group of placemakers. It's just, you know, people in the streets um, that really activate their community to uh, take the towels out. And we organize it and we do it twice a year. And it's so much fun, but it really helps the awareness of people to, oh, this is actually important. I should do more about it. But if we do this, can't we also do the schoolyard? Or can't we also do the public park? Mm. Um, and Or the big streets where there's parking uh, lots now. Uh, can we not exchange the parking lots for green spaces and take out the cars? So it's, it's the beginning also of a very important conversation that we need to have in our communities. Well, and I think um, that's the important part of the climate action theme, right? Because it's not climate response, it's the doing. And you just gave such great examples of the doing side of things. So with, with the butterfly gardens, back to the, those subjects and the water puddles, um, those help with flooding, right? The water puddles must help with those kind of topics. Yeah, with big. flooding. So especially in the in, in the areas you, you really need to know what's what's the problem in your area is it water flooding or is it drought or is it heat stress i mean a lot of our cities are uh, uh also struggling with heat stress which also has a lot of health effects on people mm -hmm. but also if it's too hot you don't want to go outside so there is a lot we can do um and i think 
um, placemakers are so well positioned because they're so creative. Like often when I speak with people in the municipality for maintenance or other departments, there's no space mm. and the streets are too small. And then I think like, if you look with a placemaker eye, you see, you know, options everywhere. And mm. um, you can do shading and you can use the walls and we, we can do so many things. Um, so I think, I think that creativity is needed. Yeah. And I guess when you brought up shade and those kind of issues as well, I think that's part of this theme is, is finding a lot of these themes have problems and solutions. And in the climate action theme, um, there's a few, there's a wide range of with the heat in the summer right now. So do you have any mm -hmm. examples in the past of projects that have worked towards shade issues or do you know of any ideas? Yeah, I mean, one of the, if you, if you look for placemaking um, on Google, one of the most famous pictures are the ones with the umbrellas in the streets. Mm. This is a very simple one. Everyone has been copying it. Mm. So it can be as simple as that. Uh, but I mean, if you create shading with plants over, you know, over a street or in, in, in um, um, then you can also, you can also put a swing up there. Yeah. Um, you can create opportunities for kids to play underneath. And um, so there is, there's loads and loads of examples of what we can do. Um, but it's not just so well known. And this is also why for us at uh, Real Play City Challenge, it's so important to really raise this, this topic and really, you know, put a spot on it and say, okay, guys, um, we have the opportunity to be uh, very impactful if we, combine our efforts with also taking efforts in climate adaptation and also help with our creativity how you can come up with better solutions and um and this is also why we want to have as many inspirational examples so that we really can see like this is how you can do it mm -hmm. it's not difficult um we can be as placemakers we can be quick and dirty uh, because we know how to use temporary um solutions and, um, and it can be the, the start and the beginning of different thinking. Um, yeah, and how about, uh, how about streets, streets for open play? Like, where does that fall into this? Yeah, well, what we, well, one of the things that, like, for instance, in my hometown, they now uh, have a program where you can take um, parking lots out and you can get major, uh, it's not a bucket, but it's a major a temporary um, planter mm -hmm. and you can put that on top of your parking lot and this is a way to also you know get some experience in your street what yeah. would happen if we take three or four parking lots out um, and and what happens then and um, um, and if we can create that this is a climate solution yeah. but what if we combine that with play and uh, now it's only fun for the plants, but you know you want to have it fun for the people too, and for the kids in the street. So, if we if we notice that that works, can we then not take the parking lots out and create more space for play and get wider stoops? Um, and you're so removing the air pollution too from the street. So it's that's a absolutely. real combination effort, I think. Yeah, and you're also um, getting the, um, uh, the 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 speed limits down. Yes. Uh, so speeding in these streets is, is far lower. So by creating bike lanes, for instance, what mm -hmm. we do a lot, 
course, uh, where we get bike-friendly streets where the bike is um, prominent and the car is a guest. Mm -hmm. um, the moment that we do that, um, this is also a great opportunity to see how can you also get the street to be friendly for kids to play, to walk home to school by themselves, to have fun when they're walking, yeah. um, to have them challenged a bit um, and stimulate them to take their own responsibility and um, be out on the streets on your own. So um, there's so many combinations to make. Um, and I and guess overlapping subjects, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess a major change that most of our cities are in now is that we want to become more bike friendly. We want to take the cars out. We want to be climate adaptive. We want to have more sense of community. All these things come together. Mm -hmm. And as placemakers, um, we can really be at the forefront of um, making those changes and showing where the opportunity is. And, um, and, and I really love for us to, to make a strong statement in that by having all these wonderful examples. And it's interesting, right? Because like when you have the climate activists, sometimes they're not necessarily, when they collect data, they're not necessarily just working with people or working as much with people as <laughs> you'd hope from a placemaking perspective, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what we often hear is that it's the... Um, um, I can't reach people. People are not interested. Mm. Uh, they don't care about the climate. It's like, how can you say that? It's just not true. But uh, apparently you have not been able, been successful in, in reaching out to them. Well, um, with placemaking and as professionals in placemaking, but also with all placemaking activities, it always draws a crowd and, and people always step in and, so this is really a lesson that by combining and working together more closely, um, there's, there's, there's a lot, awful lot to, to, to learn. Like what I as a placemaker learned a lot about what plans work, what don't, uh, what kind of solutions there are, um, how trees grow, some go very wide. Some, so this is knowledge that I wasn't aware of and that I needed to be more sensitive about. And it's not just about colorful plants. But at the same time, environmentalists and, and, and people in maintenance um, can learn so much about reaching and engaging community from placemakers. Yeah, and I guess the real Play City Challenge is looking for inspiration and good examples that advocate for climate action whilst reclaiming play in the cities. You just showed us how important it is that placemakers take climate action into their work. And I think that that was a good example that you just shared with us. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. And, um, and I think also what we try to reach is by getting everything from around the world. Um, like, for instance, I guess you're in New Zealand, you're mm -hmm. probably know a lot more about heat than we know in, in, for instance, in the Netherlands. So it's good also to get all these um, inspiration from all over the world. So we really learn from our local situations and, and the things that came up there. Um, but what I think placemakers are the best in, in activating the community and they know how to be creative in finding smart solutions. And even when there doesn't seem so much space in a street or, you know, when, when money is tight, um, um, they know what to do and, and come up. And, and we have a major crisis to fix together. 
Um, and, and I just hope, um, and together with me, the whole Real Place City Challenge, um, is that, you know, all placemakers out there uh, will share their best examples so we can have impact together and, and get our streets and parks playful and climate-proof. Mm, that's a great initiative you have going in the Netherlands. And having you here today has been really great. And thank you for sharing with us the importance of play that can benefit the people and the planet. Uh, thank you. It was, uh, it was an honor to be here. And thank you for having us and this great opportunity to share it here. Thanks. See you next time. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share with a friend. The Real Play City Challenge miniseries aims to shed light at inspiring, playful placemaking. If you are an urban practitioner, a placemaker, or a public servant at the city working on playful placemaking, you can apply for the Real Play City Challenge Award today. The Real Play City Challenge is a competition that celebrates and awards inspiring cities and placemakers who create environments that give people time, space, and opportunities to play. The challenge is being organized by the Real Play Coalition together with Placemaking X, and we are now inviting submissions for 2022. For more information, please visit www.realplaycitychallenge.org. Thank you for listening.